0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Blog Talk Radio.
0: Good morning, animal lovers, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and I want to thank you for tuning in. Hey, did you know that dogs that serve in our military are classified as equipment? That's right, equipment. No matter how heroic they are, they are on a par with a computer printer or a radio. So when they're no longer needed... Well, I'm not going to get into the details yet, but our first guest today, Debbie Kandall from the American Humane Society, will, and you'll find out what you can do to get these amazing animals reclassified as the heroic military personnel that they are. Then, after our halftime break... Marina Durvan from An Active Dog has an amazing story about an artist who is creating a museum memorial that will exhibit paintings of 5,500 shelter dogs in the hopes of raising $20 million to give to no-kill shelters and rescues. It's an amazing undertaking that you won't want to miss hearing about, so keep your radio tuned right here to King Mozart, and we'll get started after a very quick station break. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on King hey Mozart. I'm Marie Hewlett, and joining me now from the American Humane Association is Debbie Candle. Hi. How are you, Debbie?
1: Hi, Marie. Thank you so much for having us on. We hope everybody out there is voting for our hero dogs at the... Uh the 2012 Hero Dog Awards online this time. Oh, you know, we just talked about that a a
0: short time ago.
1: Can you remind everybody how they can
0: vote for their favorite hero dog?
1: Oh, I'd be absolutely delighted. You go to www.herodogawards.org, and you click on Vote here, and you see all the categories, search and rescue, arson detection, law enforcement, um, military, which is a military dogs, which is a subject that's near and dear my heart. Mm -hmm. Therapy and service dogs as well.
0: Wow. I bet the votes are all pretty close. I think it would be really hard to decide
1: who the most outstanding
0: hero is. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: They're all heroes and they've all significantly contributed to the the value and the deepening of the human-animal bond, which of course is what the the AHA is all about.
0: Absolutely. And you mentioned that military dogs are near and dear to your heart. Can you tell me why is that? What's going on?
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, um, we um, we are also charity partners with the American Humane Association and uh, that's militaryworkingdogadoptions.com and uh, we established this website in 2008 because we saw a need among things that military dogs deserve that they weren't getting, such as when they were stationed at permanent bases. Now, I'm not talking about Iraq and Afghanistan, Marie, mm-hmm. but I'm talking about permanent bases overseas. And they would retire; they wouldn't get a trip home um, on a military aircraft. They they'd have to be transported home at adopter expense if they were adopted by somebody in the continental United States. And so we saw that need exist. We saw needs for medical care for these heroes to exist because they get absolutely no medical benefits and. And generally, um, they are retired due to medical issues like arthritis or lumbosacral stenosis, degenerative joint disease, you know, mm-hmm. the things that affect all of us as we get older. Okay. And, and so we saw that as a need. And um, we also saw the fact that, that the huge glaring need was that these heroic canines who are force-multiplying lifesavers for our troops overseas were classified as equipment. That is That's just right. so
0: hard to believe. Yeah. Equipment, I
1: mean, equipment is something you can park in a parking lot and sell at an auction later on. You know, mm-hmm. it's a a static, non-sentient, inanimate piece of whatever. And um these dogs are just so unbelievable and, and they contribute so much. It's it's estimated that the average military working dog during its life of military service saves at least 150 lives. Wow. And yeah, and that's not even talking about a, a non-specific event. Uh, I, for example, there's a dog. The story on, is on our website. Uh, Dexter, military working dog Dexter Charlie zero six seven, and, and in one single incident, he alerted on explosives, which saved uh, between seven hundred and a thousand soldier lives. Wow, and and he's just equipment he was just equipment. Yep, he was just equipment. But there's good news on the uh there's good news on the horizon and that is we had proposed uh having an amendment and to to clarify these things. And the amendment would have been to the amendment would have been to the the um HR 5314 which is um the adoption bill that was passed on November 6th of 2000 by President Clinton and it would reclassify these dogs from equipment to canine members of the armed forces.
0: Wow. Is there a lot of support
1: for this? Absolutely. I am so happy to report that about two weeks ago, the house version of this which is HR uh 4103 mm-hmm. passed unanimously in the house and they at the time they gave it a 2% chance of passing
0: <laughs> and it <laughs> passed unanimously <laughs> yes
1: and wow. so we're we're coming up in the senate and it's this the senate version is uh Senate 2143 and so there have I I was looking just this morning I think there are 14 co-sponsors of that and so we're inviting everybody to call their senator and say hey come out and support your constituents want you to come out and support these amazing canine heroes and this particular bill that's coming through which is senate senate bill twenty one forty twenty one thirty four. 2134
0: okay hey let me ask you this i know that a lot of people always say yeah i want to help i want to do this i want to write but when it comes right down to it after the radio show is over and they get to do other things, unless something is real easy to do, they're most likely not going to get around to doing it. Is there a, a maybe a website set up where they could just click and add their name to it and it will automatically go off to their appropriate representative?
1: You know, I would love that. But the the most effective way, the most effective way to get that done is to – actually pick up the phone and just call your senator's office and you can find your senator in the front of the phone book or since this is such an electronically technological society just Mm -hmm. google who your senators are and their numbers will be right there real easy to dial the whole process would probably take five to six minutes Um, i believe the uh, the ASPCA might have a uh, might have a link to that on their website as well but i found in this kind of pursuit the most effective thing is to call and say hey I'm calling about the Canine Members of the Armed Forces Act, and I, I want my senator to support that. And it's the Senate, Senate 2134, okay. Senate Bill 2134.
0: Is there more information about this online that our listeners can read all about and be completely well versed on, so that when they do make the phone call, they'll sound like they really know what they talk, they're talking about?
1: Absolutely, and and actually, if you'd like to give me a if you if you would like for me to give you a microcosm of what it says, I'd be so happy to do that and just simplify it. But again, I have no stock in Google. Oh, I could only wish that I would. I could <laughs> <laughs> I could support my dogs better. But anyway, um, if you just Google "canine members of the armed forces act," it'll come right up, and the bills are right there, both the Senate version and the House version, which are extremely similar. I think there may be a couple. Tiny verbiage differences there, but n- meaning-wise, they're the exact same. Okay. So yeah, so that that'll they can read the bill, just click on it. It's not um, it's not that long. It's and it's tr- straight to the point. Very easy to understand language.
0: Okay. And you believe that a phone call rather than a letter is going to be more effective?
1: I I believe it's equally as effective. If you want to do overkill, which it, in this pursuit since two thousand eight, I've done a lot of overkill. Then absolutely make the call and let them know and give them of course you give them your name, your number, your hometown, and you let them know that you're in support of that bill. But then also you can you can email them and then to do that you would go to your representative's website okay. and just you know, you can create a little I'm I'm in support and I'm I'm encouraging you to support Senate bill um, 2134, which is canine members of the armed forces. Okay. Now, since it passed
0: unanimously in the House, do you think it's going to come across any uh, difficulties in the Senate? I
1: I can't imagine that it will because, you see, it's not a Democratic thing or it's not a Republican thing. It's just the right thing to do to get these amazing dogs the benefits that they deserve, and and the benefits are these. I'll, I'll quantify it in a nutshell for you, Marie. Um, the first thing that they're going to do is reclassify military working dogs from pieces of equipment to canine members of the armed forces. In other words, right now there's the soldier manpower list and there's the equipment list and there's nothing in between, and dogs aren't manpower, although I think they're close to people. <laughs> And they're certainly not equipment, but mm-hmm. they didn't know anywhere else to stick them, so they just, all these years, all these many years, they've been on the equipment list. So now they'll create a, a third category, canine members of the armed forces, and the dogs will be treated with all the respect they're due, not only while they're serving, which I, I assure you and I assure all your listeners that when those dogs are serving, they, the handlers and everybody who deals with those dogs absolutely revere them. They're treated like kings and queens. They are truly, truly appreciated and treated like the soldiers that they are. Mm-hmm. It's it's when they're retired that the difficulty comes in, because the way everything is written now, on one day you're a military working dog, and the day you're retired, the next day you're a pet. And that's just the antithesis of everything we stand for as a nation who honors people who who serve or beings who serve, mm-hmm. because even if a soldier retires, well, yes, he 's a civilian the day after he retires, but he will always and forever be a veteran and mm. and that 's kind of what we're we 're pushing for with these canines. We want them to be to be veterans you know they they 've given they 've served they 've done things that average pet dogs have not done, Absolutely. and so we want to accord them that respect
0: okay now you mentioned that this had to do with dogs at bases and not overseas, for example, in Afghanistan. can you Clarify or expand I'd a little be delighted bit. Delighted to. Okay. Yeah,
1: it's a common misunderstanding when we say that we leave our dogs overseas, or well, we don't not we don't leave them. We don't when we don't transport our dogs back from overseas. People jump to a conclusion. They go, oh, I can't believe it. They served in Iraq and Afghanistan, and they're just abandoned there. And that is the farthest thing from the truth. The military dogs are deployed from their home bases. But what if your home base happens to be in Germany or mm-hmm. Korea? or uh even Hawaii because Hawaii is outside of the continental United States um or Italy. So the when the dog is retired from that particular base, okay, if a mil- if if a family doesn't adopt it from there and be willing to pay for transport back then let's say you wanted to adopt a dog that was available in germany you could actually do that marie you send in your paperwork you work directly with the kennel master you get it good to go and then he goes okay all the paperwork's back how are you going to pay to transport your dog and a transport from germany is around anywhere from 1600 to 2000 dollars depending okay so that sort of Precludes. And then then we have some people, we always have devil's advocates out there who are going, well, if they can't afford to transport the dog, how in the world will they afford to care for the dog? Mm-hmm. And I answer that by saying there are a lot of homes that could provide wonderfully for a retiring military canine hero that cannot take $2,000 out of the operating budget to drop on a transport. That's so that's what MilitaryWorkingDogAdoptions.com has been doing ever since we were born in 2008, we've we've paid for a lot of military working dog uh, transports through, you know, the generosity and donations of, of our supporters who love these dogs. And uh, we've transported dogs back from Germany, a couple from Hawaii, Italy, Korea. The Korean transport alone was um, $1,935 wow. for a dog to fly back. And, you know, we were sort of outraged because There are military aircraft, cargo aircraft that fly half-empty that traverse the globe daily. Mm -hmm. And so we were going, this doesn't make sense. So the bill will help to either use frequent flyer mileage to be able to apply to a military working dog transport back to the continental United States, or um, perhaps military cargo aircraft. If if one is available coming back, you know, that you could put a dog in a crate on that will get to the destination, you that know, they pro- appointed Jeff. Yeah, it, w- it it just makes sense. I mean, it's it, the dog and the crate together weigh approximately 150 pounds.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, how much weight is that, and how much cost? When, to be perfectly honest, Uncle Sam got them there to begin with. Sure. So, out of gratitude for their un- unknown entities, not even knowing how well they'd work out, but after seeing. All they've contributed to the safety of America's soldiers. Mm-hmm. You know, it just makes sense to bring them back. Absolutely. You know? Well,
0: I sure hope that our military dogs will receive the dignity and the honor that they deserve, and, and that this all passes, and and we can all celebrate. And I I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on the show today and telling all our listeners about it.
1: Well, it's been an absolute honor, and there were just two more tenants. Of the the bill that might I might quickly cover. Do we have time for that, or do, do we not no, have time at this we moment? We
0: are just about out of time. But if you can just remind everybody where all the details are online, we can steer in that direction.
1: I'd be happy to. Okay, if you want to see some of the basic tenets, you can go to Military Working Dog Adoptions dot com, or you can Google K nine members of the armed forces. Um, they were are providing wonderful things for our heroes. Who have given so much and saved so many soldier lives during these times of conflict.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you again. And it's time now for our mid-show break, but we'll be right back with the story of an artist who is taking on the project of a lifetime that can make a huge difference in the lives of shelter animals everywhere. So don't go away, and we'll get started after a very quick break here on K Mozart. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show, and joining us now is Marina Dervan from An Act of Dog. Good morning, and welcome to the Pet Place, Marina. Good morning, Marie. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. I love the name, An Act of Dog. How did you come up with that, and what is it? <laughs>
2: uh, well, I actually came up with the name because I, uh, the passion of mine is naming things. I just happen to do it very easily. Um, <laughs> and i and I think it that's it really is an act of God, and that's really what I wanted people to think when when they saw an act of dog, you really hear God in there at the same time okay and um so yeah, what it is is the it's a project uh where I have joined with Mark Baroni, my partner, who is an artist, and he is painting five thousand five hundred shelter dogs,
1: wow, um,
2: yes. And it will take him two years to paint what what basically represents what we kill in one day in the American shelter system. Well, and that is without cats. That's just the dog.
0: Okay, I'm trying to do the math real fast in my head. So uh, he's going to have to paint at least five dogs a day, seven days a week.
2: Uh no, it's at least it's at least ten. It's at least ten a day. Um, wow, I guess I'm and not, he's it not good at math. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, I just know kind of like what he does, you know. Okay, like, um, okay. It, it is a lot. He does start at six a.m. in the morning and and go till late. Um, uh, but that's the only way to do it, you know. And he wants to really give these little souls, um, you know, have a special. He has a special connection with them. My goodness. You know, when he paints. Um, but it's hard. It's it's a tough subject matter. Um, and we just felt that. Uh, you know we were just getting ready to adopt a dog uh, we were living in Santa Fe at the time and certainly had no awareness of any uh anything to do with the shelter world and uh it was through this process of going online and seeing um some atrocious numbers and facts about what what is going on and it was one of those moments marie where it's like you can either turn away and be in overwhelm and we certainly felt Powerless, but, but then we realised that it was the animals that were powerless. It wasn't us, mm-hmm. and we just sort of had a conversation about what could we do. And so we sort of said, well, let's create. We knew we had to create something very powerful and uh, something that would illustrate the problem rather than talk about the problem.
0: How large so are it. are these paintings? Um, they ah, uh,
2: there's. Some of them are twelve by twelve. The majority are twelve by twelve. Then there's two by twos, four by fours, and then there's going to be five large eight by eight panels that will be of well-known dogs. And we actually are going to those last five panels will have some well-known artists on them as well. Wow, um, that's actually pretty idea, impressive. Yeah, the the idea is to the 5,500 paintings adds up to twenty million dollars. Okay. And the idea is, and we don't believe that's actually very much money in the world of uh, fundraising for animal welfare, um, and we want to bring attention to the existing problem in America and also the no-kill solution and why it is successful and, and very doable. Where
0: will all these paintings be on display ultimately?
2: Uh, we have about another year of painting, and we have been we have cities that are talking to us right now from East Coast to West Coast that are interested in either one of two things housing it um in a in its own museum slash memorial um where people can visit obviously it would be a huge tourist attraction, and the idea would be to generate money on an uh long term basis for uh, for the for the no kill shelters and rescue groups. Um The other option we're also talking to cities that are interested in actually having it as a, um, an a exhibit in a, in a. No, no, it couldn't travel. It's too huge. Okay. Um, but in a in an airport hub, in at one of the main oh, hubs. Oh, okay, okay. Where you you know you've got millions of people seeing it, which means you know more money is raised, more awareness is raised. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's about ushering America to become a no-kill nation and uh, really give it as much exposure. And we knew we had to create something. Our platform is very media-focused, so getting it out there in radio, TV, newspapers, magazines, whatever we can really get it out there, that's what we're doing.
0: Now, how exactly will it generate funds? Are you selling the individual paintings, after a time, after it's on display for a while, or will there be an admission charge? What's the concept here?
2: Uh, Well, the museum, if it is set in a museum, um, then, uh, yeah, there would be, obviously, the the cost for entering the museum um, and, obviously, merchandise, that would produce additional money. What we're actually doing in our capital campaign is we're asking companies across America to own a piece of the exhibit. So, for example, they would purchase one of the paintings, that money would go into the fund, and um, they would obviously get cross-promoted, but it's really about making a statement that collectively we have to be part of this change. And we that, that was our idea for really incorporating uh, all 50 states in being part of this change and okay. being part of this exhibit
0: so will be will the individual paintings ultimately be available for purchase with those funds also going towards animal welfare?
2: All of the money we don't get anything a hundred percent of the money from the paintings um goes to the uh no kill group rescue group uh the people that really don't don't actually have much operating money sure um
0: so so then um, just to confirm the individual paintings will ultimately be available for purchase. For example, if we have listeners out there who would like to have one of these amazing paintings in their home, they can actually get one at some point.
2: At some point. like If, it's, if, if the ultimate, uh, the, at, at the end game, if it's in a museum, then the paintings will remain in the museum for however long that, that exhibit exists
0: there okay Um,
2: and but whoever you know like we already have people that have purchased the paintings and so they don't take ownership they own the painting but they don't they bequeath it back to the museum until such time as it ceases to exist then they would own the painting if obviously if it's an installment in a if it's in say like one of the main airport hubs, then when that comes down they will, they will take their paintings. So.
0: Well, with uh, all the paintings that you guys have made so far, where are you keeping them? <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, you know, when we, when we set about doing this, we had over 30 cities very generously uh, offered to give us a building. You know, they donated the space to house the production phase. So we're in a huge space, and um, so we have shelves upon shelves, on shelves full of these paintings, because we've already over 2,000
0: right now. (laughs) And you have some of these online that people can take a look at, I'm assuming.
2: Yep, they can go to, there's hundreds and hundreds of them uh, on the website where people can actually, you know, we have a lot of people that they can't afford to buy a painting Mm -hmm. or donate at that level. Mm -hmm. Um, So they can sponsor a painting, and that helps create, you know, the museum itself, it helps paint for paint materials and things like that. Because, you know, we, we cashed in all of our savings just to do it. My goodness. Um, and we, we live a very frugal, very different lifestyle because we certainly are not able to do our normal careers whilst taking on this philanthropic project. But oh. it, it was it was just a matter of we were so pained and outraged that we felt compelled to just do something. Marina, Um, we
0: have about 30 seconds left, so let's tell everybody what your website is, how they can help participate in this project, how they can donate and sponsor a painting. Let's give that website out.
2: Okay, it is anactofdog.org, and people can go there and sponsor a painting, they can buy a painting, um, and we appreciate any and all support.
0: Wonderful. Marina, this is such a huge project, and I hope it truly does generate the awareness and the funds that will help lead to the end of euthanasia of adoptable pets and shelters. So, good luck with everything, and thanks for coming to the Pet Place.
2: Okay, thank you so much, Marina. Appreciate your support, too. We need to take one last break, but
0: don't go away because we'll be right back with Pet Place News and Events here on K Mozart. back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. Are you ready for the annual Mission Viejo Dog Walk, Pet Fair, and Adoption Fest coming up on June 23rd? It will be taking place from 8 a.m. to noon at the Village Green in the Norman P. Murray Community Center, located at 24932 Veterans Way in Mission Viejo. Leashed, well-mannered dogs are welcome to this exciting fundraising walk along the beautiful Oso Creek Trail. Win prizes for you and your pet, enjoy contests and entertainment by amazing canine athletes, and browse the many booths with exciting pet products and services. If you're looking for a new canine companion, you won't be disappointed, this rescue groups will be bringing dogs of all sizes and breeds for adoption. Register early online at www.dawg.org or in person at the Mission Viejo Animal Services Center. And don't forget to check out our website at www.petplace.org and send us your comments or suggestions for the show. That's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend here on K-Mozart. I'm Marie Hewitt. Please spay or neuter your pets and have a wonderful day.
2: With With Lucky Lands slots, you
0: can get lucky just about anywhere.